This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here, here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll have Kirk McElhern. He runs Kirkville and also several blogs, and also he's the iTunes guy for Macworld. You'll also hear from Sean Ani from Techno Buffalo. Among the topics this week, why is it that Apple has not introduced any more new Macs this year? This is the Tech Night Owl Live. Yeah! We're joined by Kirk McElhern. He is the proprietor of Kirkville, the Kirkville blog. He does lots and lots of podcasts, and he works with Macworld as the iTunes guy and as a feature writer. But right now, you told me before we started that you might have to interrupt our chat for a few moments because you're going to be buying tickets somewhere. Explain the methodology here. This is interesting. I'm in a queue. I'm in a waiting line to buy tickets for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. This is the play that's in London. The book was just published um, last weekend, the script of the play as a book. This morning, they put on sale tickets through December 2017. So I think when they first sold tickets for the play, it was for like three months. The play just opened this weekend as well. So it had previews and it opened and they got glowing reviews. And I think they sold tickets through maybe October or something. So now they're selling tickets through December, 2017. In order to meet the demand, they've done something that I've never seen before. When you go to the website, you get the the information about buying tickets. And there were two different places you could buy tickets. So I opened a a window for each one of them. And at 10 a.m., it gave you a number, which it picked at random in the queue, in the waiting line of people. Now, I I set this up on two different computers with one window for each of the two sites. Three of them came out numbers in the 50,000s, but one of them was around 27,000. So as we speak, there are currently 1,769 users in the queue ahead of me. And this number's been going down a lot more quickly in the past hour or so. Uh, It just went down to 1695. So when it gets down to the low couple hundreds, I'll have to sign off for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to try and buy tickets. Wouldn't it be great if Apple could sell iPhones like that? Yeah, I mean, they do something like that outside the retail stores, right? People who line up, I think they give them numbers so they can keep things organized and people don't push. But all these times that we've gone to buy iPhones or or Apple Watches, you know, other products, and we go to the website and it's down, it's slow, it crashes. This technology doesn't seem complicated. To be fair, one of the two sites was immediately down, error establishing database connection. So that means there are too many demands. The second one worked right away. And once the first one came up, it seems to have worked. It's a lot better than frustrating people and command R, reload the page. Uh, I said there were two sites. The first site basically said, your wait is more than one hour, which is, you know, 50,000 people in line ahead of you. Obviously, it's more than one hour. This one doesn't say anything. If you tell someone how long they're going to have to wait, they might be hesitant about even waiting as long as it would be. Now, something like this, as I said, this is pretty much every ticket for more than for about a year and a half now. They do 
release 40 tickets every Friday. It's a sort of a lottery system. But other than that, if you want to see this play, you simply won't be able to see it if you don't get these tickets. So I can understand there's a huge demand from people wanting to get these tickets. There are 250,000 tickets. So imagine a concert at Madison Square Garden, you know, 20,000 seats or whatever it is. This is a dozen times that. So there's a huge demand. And it started eight hours ago. It started at 11.15. No, sorry. It started at um, 11.15. It's currently 17.15. So it's 5.15. So it started six hours ago. I'm still not at the end of the queue. Now, if I were to open a new window, I won't do it now, but if I were to open a new window to see what the number is, I tried a couple hours ago and it was like 220,000. They should just tell people that if their numbers are that high, they won't have any chance of getting tickets at all. Well, like I said, I think this sounds like a great idea that Apple should be trying yesterday. I mean, not before, because they certainly have access to technology like this. I would think so. It doesn't seem like it's complicated technology. Now, it's interesting. There's a QID number at the bottom of the page with a little link on it. And it looks like kind of a MAC address number, you know, letters and numbers and with dashes in it. So clearly, there's something in the browser cookie that feeds into the database and it keeps people from reloading the page, which that's what really hurts a server. And someone I know on Twitter, his wife was trying to get tickets and their Wi-Fi dropped. And when it came back, she still hadn't lost her place because the browser cookie kept her position. Now, I wouldn't dare close my browser window just in case, but it's actually quite surprising that they have it set up in such a way that if your battery runs out, if you lose um, your internet access, you're still, you haven't lost your place in line. Now, the only thing I worry about here is people who turn off cookies. I turn off cookies from all but the site that I'm visiting, I'm guessing that if the cookies were off, they'd give a message. I mean, I, I don't accept third-party cookies from different sites, which is what most people do, I think. But I don't turn off cookies entirely, and I would expect there to be some sort of a message. As I speak, I'm down to 1395, so we're getting close there. How fast is it moving? Well, what did I say when we started? It was like 1895, so it's going much more quickly. And the dogs are waiting. You hear those dogs? They're I waiting dare. right now. They're really for, anxious to see They're this. really anxious to see Harry Potter. They're all fans, all five of those dogs. You got five dogs now? The neighbor, next door neighbor, ah, has five okay. dogs. The next door neighbor. Okay. We're moving. We're supposed to have moved already. So yeah. when we get to a new place, I'm almost certain that we won't have to deal with five dogs. That's good. I wouldn't want to have to deal with one dog. I know you have your own dog. We hear him often. But I'm, I'm just not a dog fan because they make too much noise. He's really a great guy, except when he makes that noise. Well, but that's the problem with dogs. They're great except when they make noise, but they make noise. You can't keep a dog quiet. Yeah, he has a very distinctive tenor bark, so you hear it everywhere. Yeah, that too. All right, well, where do you stand right now in your quest for tickets? 1,314. So it's really going down quickly. Um I texted my partner at about 45 minutes ago. I was at 58.50, and now I'm at 13.14. So it's, it's moving fast. I, I think in about 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I'll have to take a break for a while to Not know, a problem see at what all. the purchase process is. Yeah, hopefully it just take a few minutes. Hopefully, but they're selling tickets through December of next year. Um, I don't care when I see it, so I'm willing to go for a date far in the future. 
And the other thing is it's in two parts. So you have to see them either both parts in one day or over two consecutive days. Um, so it's you, there are only half as many possibilities because of that. So uh, the, uh, on two days to do it on a Thursday and a Friday, which is what I would prefer to do, rather than see two, you know, almost three-hour plays in one day, it's kind of long. Um, but that means that the only choices are Thursday and Friday. Yeah, I just wonder about a play about Harry Potter. I mean, it's like they had a play about hey, Spider-Man. They take something and they monetize it to the nth degree. It's like having the 37th sure. remix of a Beatles album. Yeah, it's gotten really good reviews, though. And, you know, you could ask the same thing like, oh, a play about Hamlet? I mean, they've been doing that for, you know, 400 years. So, Right, but it's the same play. It's just a performance of the same play. It's not another play. I know. I'm being sarcastic. 11.93. This is progress live on the radio here. Well, live, live from the UK, it's Kirk McElhern. Didn't yep, so that's good. that's what we're doing today. Um, it's one of those, like, for, I didn't, I had nothing else to do. I didn't need to go out anyplace. I was just working on a, updating a book. Um, so it's not that much of a problem to sit in front of my browser during the day. Um but we shall see if I get tickets or if I get decent tickets, at least. Since the one site already sold out, I'm guessing they had far fewer tickets than the second one. Um, and this, the one that I'm on now is the one where I had the lower number to start with. So, um, you know, thinking there might be a chance if I go on a date far in the future, um, you know, next fall, kind of, that I'll get some decent seats. But the, they don't even let you choose seats. They just give you the best seats available according to the price you choose. Um, which is, you know, not great, but. There you go. We have Kirk McElhern. He's waiting to buy his tickets. The dogs have stopped because they're waiting to see how long it takes for it to. No, they're not. They have their own priorities. <laughs> this is the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First game Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Today, I became a biophoton woman. I put a tablespoon of the Andreas five-seed oil in my morning's One World Way drink and was still happy and energized at 3 p.m. Normally, I feel tired and spacey at the end of the day, but today I felt energy and very clear. My friend at the farmer's market asked what I was on. She said my eyes looked bright and I had unusual energy for that time of afternoon. I told her there was a magical oil that enabled my body to absorb the sun's energy as if I were a plant. She said, I want some. I said, second one world way shake with the oil when i got home took me to bedtime with that wonderful abundant energy 
I couldn't believe how much I got done and how great I felt. The combination of One World Way and Five Seed Oil produced a significant health event in my life. The kind that makes you feel you've been giving your life back with a bonus. And I'm 64. Five Seed Oil and One World Way. For your fantastic health, call 888-988-3325 or visit sacredseedoils.com. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, this is Gene Steinberg. We got Kirk McElhern waiting to buy Harry Potter tickets. I, you know, I just don't understand that at all. But you tell me it was well reviewed, so I'll accept that. It was, and and to be honest, I wouldn't go out of my way myself. My partner really wants to see it. We both like the theater. I don't know how many times I've mentioned it on the show, but we live just outside of Stratford-upon-Avon, and we go to the theater here often. There are two theaters in Stratford that do uh, plays by Shakespeare and other writers from his period and modern plays. So we go to the theater a lot. I wouldn't make the trip if it was just me, but my partner wants to see it. So I'm happy to, you know, get tickets if possible. 992 now. What does it cost for these tickets and what tickets you're getting? How far from the front? I have no idea how far the price is any is from 15 to 70 pounds. And remember, you got to buy them for two plays. So we're talking the best seats. You, you're talking 280 pounds. Um, because it's in two parts. You don't see one part and not the second part, or vice versa. 
you don't want to go to a big theater because it's a pretty large theater. It's got four levels. You don't want to be up in the nosebleed seats. I mean, it's only 15 pounds. Yeah, but you don't want to be in the nosebleed seats if you're seeing something like this. And it's not like we're local to London where you might want to say, okay, 15 pound tickets, I'll go see it. For us, it's a trip to London and, and a hotel. So, you know, I'm going to try and get the best tickets I can. As I said before, they don't let you choose tickets. You, they just give you the best seats in the price you choose. Now, I'm guessing actually that that there are more of the high price tickets left than the low price tickets, because that is a pretty big chunk of change. Okay. Okay. You know, that that's over $300 for two people to see the two plays. Better you than me. I'm not a big play person. I have gone to plays, mostly musicals, and I've enjoyed them, but I just never felt that I had to see something. Now, that's well, just I'd, me. I'd, been, I'd gone to the theater off and on in different places in New York when I lived in Paris and other places, but it's only um, since I've been here a couple of miles from pretty much the best Shakespearean theater in the world that I've started really appreciating theater. In addition, we're members of the Royal Shakespeare Company, so we get to buy tickets before they go on sale to the general public. So we get front row seats for almost everything. And, and there's a big difference to be in one of those Broadway things when you're in the 20th row, you're far back. It's like being in a big cinema than it is to being in a small theater because the, the largest theater only has a thousand some odd seats. Um, and when you're in the front row of a small theater like that, it's extremely intimate. All right. Like I said, I hope you enjoy the play. Let's move on to another topic. All right. Yeah, you can interrupt us and tell us when you're ready to buy the, the yeah, tickets. I will. And then what we'll do is... When we pause for a second, you won't hear what's going on, but he'll give us an account of how the process went. All right. Let me ask you a question here about USB sticks, a little article you wrote. And I'll give you a preface to this. How many TV shows do you see where somebody in a police department or somebody anywhere, they're spying on someone, they get this information, they pick up a USB stick, and they put it in a computer to see what's on it. It's pretty common because it's like this little fortune cookie, right? They don't know what's on it and they stick it in and they're going to find something. Um, I, I didn't write an article, but I, I linked to an article written by Graham Cooley, who's a security expert, talking about a study where a university in Illinois dropped 300 USB sticks on the campus and they measured who plugged these in. And 98% of them were picked up and for 45% for of the drive, someone not only plugged in the drive, but clicked on files. Now, you wouldn't click on an attachment that comes by email, yet these people are clicking on stuff in a USB stick because curiosity, right? They are assuming that someone lost it. They're not assuming it was malicious. But imagine that you want to infect a bunch of computers. You just put some viruses on a USB stick, Windows computers, obviously. Uh, it would be a lot harder to infect a Mac. And you just drop a few of these around and you wait for people to pick them up. So it's a trick. It's like a Trojan horse, yes. Well, it's exactly a Trojan horse. It's the, the whole idea is to fool people into thinking they've found something, whereas it's no better than a drive-by download from a website or an attachment to an email. And, and it was quite successful. So here, here's a warning. If you find a USB stick on the floor, put it into a computer that doesn't have internet access, don't click on anything and reformat it immediately. And obviously they don't do that on TV sets. You know, yes, they do. I've seen on some shows where they put the USB stick in and the computer or the entire network gets infected. Yeah, yeah, right. 
Apparently, the and I'm not watching this series, Mr. Robot, but apparently there was something in last night's episode, the night before we were recording, with a USB stick that was similar to this. Um, I just saw an article in passing, but I, since I don't follow the series, I, I don't really know what it's about. Even when people, you watch the series, you may not know what it's about. Yeah. Well, I watched the first season because my son kept telling me it was good, and I got Kind of, I watched to the end, but I didn't really like it. Um, for those keeping score, I'm down to number 504. So we'll be taking a break in a few minutes. Besides, we'll be taking a break anyway. Okay, watch out for the USB sticks. And you, when you see them do it willy-nilly on a TV show, don't you believe it? I believe what was said on one episode of the TV series Supergirl, where Cat Grant, played by Callista Flockhart, is given a USB stick that's supposed to have incriminating information about the rich and famous. And she said, just destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. Because if someone's going to be giving you information, unless it's someone you trust and know and all that, but if someone's giving you information like that, uh, that is clearly stolen, how can you trust that they're not trying to scam you in some way as well? Exactly. What are they pulling on you? What tricks do they have? How can you trust things like that? I mean, if you're a computer security person, you'd be able to connect it to a device that's safe and check it and all that. But even, you know, antivirus software, obviously more on Windows than on Mac, it doesn't catch 100% of viruses. So it could be, you know, something that's too new that hasn't been used. um, And you, you run your antiviruses and you still get infected. I mean, my my comment on the article is you don't know where it's been, you know? Um, it's like when you were young, you picked up a candy on the street and your mother said, oh, you don't know where it's been, don't eat it, that kind of thing. And and you should have the same reaction to a USB stick, just like if you found a floppy disk back in the day, or even if you find a CD or a DVD and you put it in your computer, you're going to have the same problem. Exactly, exactly. What can I tell you? So what number uh, are you practice, at now? Practice safe. Computing. Um, I'm down to number 364, and it's incrementing more quickly, but with smaller intervals. Like, when I was up a few thousand, it was incrementing like 500 at a time, and now it's like five at a time. So it's a real tease. And on top of that, there's an animation above it with a person walking along a line, right? And they started at the left back at um, 11 a.m., and now they're almost to the right. It's a real tease, the the system here. But when it gets around 100, I'll... I'll cut off and we'll come back after 303 now. We're getting close. Got to do our break now. So okay, well, possibly the by the and- time we start our next segment, he will be busy making a purchase or maybe not. We have Kirk McElhern waiting to buy something and he's not using a USB stick. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Did you know that a dirty CPAP system can make you sick? If you knew what could be growing in your mask and hose, you might not sleep so well. But now, SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs, and it's completely hands-free. For a limited time, you can try SoClean risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-952-2797. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean destroys CPAP bacteria, viruses, and germs, and it eliminates the daily hassle of washing your system by hand. There's no water, chemicals, or disassembly. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto! Your CPAP system is clean and fresh in minutes. Call SoClean.com to try it risk-free at home for 30 days. This is a limited-time offer, only available by calling 1-800-952-2797. That's 1-800-952-2797. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. And the blink of an eye, or slightly more than the time it took for four minutes of commercials to play.
our friend Kirk McElhern bought two sets of tickets for this Harry Potter play in the UK. Tell us about the experience of buying them. Well, it was it was interesting. As I mentioned, they're selling tickets through December of 2017. So the first thing I saw was, um, I believe the month of May was the first one that was available. And the different dates, the colors, green and yellow. Green means there are a lot of tickets. Yellow means there aren't too many. But my logic is I'm not in a hurry to see it. I want good seats. So I just went up to October and I picked a, a, a pair of days. As I said earlier, this is two parts to the play, so it's over two days. They were offering me second row tickets. So I looked a week later, um, the first week in November, and I got front row seats. Hey, way to go. What'd you pay for them? Well, 70 pounds each, so a total of 280 pounds for the two plays. Um, but, you know, that's the cost. That's the cost of theater in London. It's not an expensive price. And it's the cost of theater on Broadway, I assume. Um, when we go to the theater here in Stratford, it's a little less expensive. And the other night, we had tickets cost 37 pounds. It's about 40-something dollars. And, and the most expensive here is around 55. So 70 pounds for a ticket to the theater in London, you know, this is the equivalent of Broadway theater. It's not excessive. It's just, it's the going rate. Well, enjoy the show. After all that. Well, I hope to. I'll, I'll have plenty of time because it's not until, it's not for almost 18 months. Right. I mean, don't forget, you know, set, set yourself a reminder on your iPhone. I've put it on my calendar to make sure that I don't, you know, I don't mess it. But I'll get the tickets in the mail and, you know, it'll be easy to remember. But I'm surprised that I was able to get tickets with all the, you know, with with, with the 27,000 people in front of me. And again, this is only one of the two sites selling them. I would have expected to, you know, get something up in, in, in the cheap seats. Well, 18 months, you got to say, look. Yeah, well, you know, patience. I mean, w we have tickets here through February. So they always sell theater tickets well in advance. Um, we've got tickets for shows in Stratford through February that I bought in March or April. So it's nearly a year ahead of time. Well, you um, see, here's a, a way to live a long time. What you do is if you're very old and you want to live another 18 months, buy some tickets. Yeah, it'll keep you, you know, it'll keep you in, in expectation. Indeed, indeed. There we go. All right. Now we know maybe Apple should try this. Yeah, the, the, system, the system is interesting that you're in a queue, you know how many people are ahead of you. And when you do get to buy your tickets, there are only, I'm going to guess, 50 or 100 or 200 or 500, whatever people at the same time. So they're limiting the number of people who are hitting the server. Now, obviously, buying tickets for something is a little more complicated because it's not just getting any iPhone. It's getting specific seats. So you go in, you choose your, well, you don't choose your seats, but you get allocated seats and they go into your shopping cart. They tell you, you have five minutes um, after which they'll be released. So other people can do it. Because imagine if, you know, a lot of people were putting tickets in their shopping cart and they're not doing anything for an hour. No one else can buy those tickets. Um, when I buy tickets here in Stratford, when they go on sale, as I said earlier, we're a member of the Royal Shakespeare Company, so we get um, to buy tickets before they go on sale to the public. But they still have a system where you put them in your cart. You only have one hour before you can check out. Um, now, this is – they give you an hour because they put like four or six shows on sale at the same time, and you've got to check dates and find seats and, and organize it and, and even – even though we don't care so much about the dates, you know, we're, we're local, it still takes a half hour to buy all the tickets.
um, when they put them on sale. There you go. Let's go on to some real topics, okay? I guess tickets are important for plays or rock shows. Someday if I have money again, I think I'll even try it. But let's go into some other topics. Now, I have been wondering here lately, based on some of the comments I'm getting from our readers over at technightowl.com, is whether the fact that Apple hasn't done much of anything in upgrading Macs this year is hurting sales. All they did was upgrade the MacBook in, what, April or something like that with faster parts. No new MacBook Pro, no new MacBook Air or replacement. The Mac Mini is a couple of years old. The Mac Pro was last updated at the end of 2013. 2013. Yeah, I mean, what's going on here? And Mac sales are down 11%. Yeah, now, are Mac sales down because no one's buying them because they're not updated? Or are they not updated because no one's buying them and that's why Mac sales are down? I mean, you know, chicken and egg, which which is causing which here? Um, I, I, I think we've talked several times recently about the fact that there's not much that can be added to computers anymore. It's the same for tablets and phones and all that. We've reached a plateau. They're all fast. Um, They've almost all got retina displays. There's not a lot that can be done. So people have less of an incentive to upgrade. Um, You know, we talked about my 99-pound Chromebook recently. Um, You need a reason to buy a Mac. Now, for me, it's professional. For you, it's professional. For a lot of people who just need a computer at home or want a computer at home, that there's not a lot of motivation to go out and buy a new Mac when the one you have that's five years old is still working okay. Apple hopes to hasten it by setting up Mac OS Sierra so that a number of models from 2009 and earlier are no longer supported. That's got to help some. The other yeah, but issue, 2009, I th- 2009, that's seven years ago. Yes, that's, it is. I mean, but if, if you're using a seven-year-old computer, then either you don't care uh, about updating it or you don't need to update it. Or finally, it's so old, it's dead, and it doesn't matter that you need to buy a new one, right? Something like that. The other question here is, when updates are late, because people expect every year Apple will update a Mac, although obviously there's some models that don't get the annual update, do a small number of people just sit on the sidelines and say, well, the update's going to come soon. I'll just wait. I don't need to rush out and buy something. I'll wait till it comes. What percentage of people? We don't know. Apple knows, I guess. Yeah, we don't know. And again, as I said, there are people like us who use these computers for work. Um, there are people who use them at home. There are what you could call hobbyist people who just like to have the newest computer. Um, I, I have no idea what the percentage is. Um, Apple is losing ground in the education market because of the popularity of the Chromebook. And maybe there's a bit of cannibalism from the iPad going on there as well. It, it does seem surprising that Apple, the computer company, hasn't updated any computers in a while. Um I mean, we've seen Apple shift from a computer company to a computer and portable device company with the iPad and then with the iPod, then with the iPhone, then with the iPad. But computers are still the core of Apple's business and and the historical business. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't stop making computers, but maybe we're just in this period where things are just going to go slowly downhill. 
Um, we, we need to remember that what we have now is we have desktop computers, laptop computers, pocket computers, wrist computers, and tablet computers. So they're all computers in their own way. Exactly. Exactly. You know, 10 years ago, we had we didn't have tablets. You know, we had Palm Pilots and all that. And, and there were some early Windows tablets around there, perhaps. But they were big and bulky. They were like twice the size of a MacBook Pro. Um, they weren't the sort of usable tablet um, that you could just look at in bed, right? And we've gotten to the point where a computer, the definition of computer is much broader than it was before. So we need to bear that in mind. Um, I, I think, however, the fact that they haven't updated the Mac Pro in a long time it's kind of disappointing because even if they don't sell a lot, it's one of those things that it's it's like the, the flagship device. You know, I mean, when the Mac Pro came out, it was a nice, attractive, innovative device. And the fact that they've not updated their flagship device um, suggests that they don't care about that market anymore. And the fact that they haven't come out with a display for it. Exactly. But still, Apple is making the investment into producing mac os sierra obviously they expect there's a future to the platform we'll have more about this in a moment with kirk McElhern. i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night now live thank you for listening to gcn be sure to visit gcnlive.com today the award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect, and most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using the computer, or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. one 800 591 1682. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Now, it's been years since I used to buy a Mac every year or two. Now, you know, I hang on to it a few years. I'm not rich and famous anymore, just famous. So I don't rush out. Infamous, infamous. Even that, that too. But I don't rush out to buy new computers anymore. I hang on to the one I have as long as it has a useful life. Also, the year-to-year incremental improvement is not that much, unless there's a major, major change in form factor and processor families and everything else. It's not a big deal, so there's no reason to just buy one every year. So it's a few years. But when it gets to a situation here with regular people, I grant people don't upgrade as often. But Apple could, if they wanted to just do a simple processor refresh, it's a very small investment to put in the new parts and test them. That's not very sexy. It's not something that they can advertise a lot. Uh, that's, That's something that they a press release to announce something like that. It, the question is, does Apple care about computers anymore? Is it going to just be the thing that they make because, um, or is it going to be something that they focus on? You know, they do spend a lot of time and, and resources on the Mac's operating system. But as sales dwindle, I, I mean, it, to, to me, it seems like the company should lose money on Macs. In other words, they shouldn't be concerned about whether or not 
Apple computers make a profit because it's all part of the broader ecosystem. Um, and what's happening now suggests that they're looking too much at the profits and saying, okay, we're not making money on these, so we're not going to update them because people aren't going to buy them and, and all this. And they're, and they're creating the, the sort of vicious circle of people not buying because they're not updated. They make so much money that it doesn't matter if they lose a little bit of money on Macs. Well, obviously, they are not losing money on Macs. Not well, we don't know that. We, we don't know the, the actual profit from each product in, in the product line. We know unit sales. Um, we know to overall profit. We know hardware profits versus uh, services and, and all that. But we don't know anything else. That's true. I mean, we can kind of guess, but that's true. I still don't see any logical reason for Apple to substantially cut back on Max. It may be that the reason we haven't seen these updates is something is going to come this fall that's going to represent a substantial upgrade, not just putting in newer processors. And that possibly is true for the MacBook Pro because it's maybe overdue. And some suggest that the MacBook Air is overdue for retina display, but then the price would have to be somewhat higher unless Apple is willing to sacrifice profits. But wouldn't they have released a new laptop now or before now to, to get people going back to school in the fall. Uh, that generally is is the best time to have a new um, portable device. I agree with you, but, you know, Apple maybe requires more time to do something. It, it could There's got to be a reason. I, I don't it, think they're just going to give up on updating these products and let them die. It doesn't make no. any sense. And and they're also dependent on Intel for the processors. And, and I have no idea what the roadmap is for Intel, I totally don't follow that at all. Well, the improvements year over year with Intel processors have been mostly very minor. The major improvement is not so much performance, although graphics chips do get better. It's about power utilization, so battery life is longer. For portables, at least, not so much on the desktop. We don't uh, worry about that, but on the desktop, other than the Xeon processors for the Mac Pro, we have the processor for the iMac, and that's been getting annual updates. In fact, last year they improved the color rendition. They gave a kind of a high-definition color. That, in addition to the faster parts and lower prices, yeah, was a pretty good yeah, that's deal. That's true. I mean, you know, I, I can just imagine there are people waiting online out of Apple stores, outside of Apple stores, to get that higher color gamut on the iMac. I mean, that's a huge selling point for, you know, everyone. Well, that's, um, seriously. I agree. No, seriously speaking, it's almost the same thing as with well, 4K television, that the new thing in 4K TV is HDR color, and they have different types of high-definition yeah, color. But, and the reason it is is because for most people who buy 4K sets, they can't see a difference. The screen no. size is too small. They're too far away from the set. If you get a 60-inch or a larger set, it's a, a lock that you'll see a difference. Anything smaller, which is what most people buy, you don't. So they're offering in the mid to higher price models the higher color gamuts. You get richer colors and everything sort of pops at you, that sort of thing. And that may help make the difference more apparent. Yeah, the difference in the price is certainly interesting but if all they're going to do is update something with a minor update and change the price um it's not going to attract much attention and that's what they need in order to get people to buy new computers if they just release a new imac and the price is a little bit lower and it's a press release then you know 
what's the it, it doesn't it doesn't say to people, hey, you out there who have an old Mac, who don't pay attention to the Mac press, um, you're somehow going to know that this new Mac is coming out and you might want to buy it. And that doesn't happen when it's a minor update like that. But maybe, again, it just doesn't matter. Maybe people aren't going to buy it. Maybe they don't care that much. Or maybe Apple will have a special event in October where all the Mac upgrades will be grouped together and say, look now, with the launch of Mac OS Sierra, we're producing brand new Macs to go with it so Apple can afford to accept slightly lower sales for a while and that will help turn things around but not by a big deal because remember even though sales haven't really declined that much they did decline the previous quarter slightly and they've been mostly flat there haven't been large increases in Mac sales for a while yeah I don't you know what's their strategy who knows they are inscrutable. Like, for example, when we get to Apple Car, and I know you don't care that much about Apple Car at all. But now, because they hired one of the co-creators of the QNX operating system, a guy named Dan Dodge. How's that for somebody in the automotive industry? Right. Right. Yeah. To join Project Titan. Now they're saying, you know what? Maybe it's going to be all about a platform for autonomous driving, just like Google is doing. And maybe they will be building test cars to evaluate the technology, but it's not a lock that they're actually going to build cars. I, I think if you go back and listen to some old shows where we talked about cards, you would have cars, you would have noticed that I said a long time ago that I see absolutely no logic um, in Apple making a car. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's too big a device for them to make. Um, I always thought it had something to do with either... Um, a, um, a navigation system, an entertainment system, or something like that. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is something to do with um, autonomous driving or whatever it is. Maybe it's, it's that. And as you say, they would need cars to test it, obviously. Um, but I just can't see Apple, a company that makes small devices, suddenly thinking that they can graduate to the largest of devices short of, you know, bulldozers and homes – um, overnight. It just doesn't, it's not the same type of process. It's not the same type of manufacturing. I mean, they can hire people to do it, but you don't bring in, you know, 10,000 people to build a new product without having some sort of problems of, you know, people with a different business culture and all. Now, the thing to bear in mind also here is, and this is the thing I wonder about, where is there room for an Apple car? And the reason I say that is, well, let me go back and, and give you a perspective. Obviously, when the Mac first came out, there had been some efforts towards graphical interfaces, but Apple kind of brought it together with the Mac and then Microsoft imitated it. Then we had the iPod. Before then, we had digital music players. They hadn't gone anywhere, really. Apple filled a place. There was a place for an iPod to succeed and make this a mainstream success. With the iPhone, the previous smartphones like a BlackBerry... I think they were toys for yuppies or politicians and things like that. It wasn't really a mass market success. And that's what Apple did with the iPhone. And Samsung simply followed suit with basically their version of it and other companies. With tablets, the iPad, tablets had gone nowhere. Microsoft had been touting tablets for years. Ah, it's the year of the tablet, Bill Gates would say, or Steve Ballmer. The year of the tablet. Here we go. Here we go. Zilch. Till the iPad came along. The Apple Watch, maybe sales aren't that terrifically high. 
it made the case for a smartwatch. They found the place, a market, a nascent market, where they could just fill it with their solution to answer the questions or the usability problems of other models. There was a place for it. Now it looks like even Volkswagen is going to be investing heavily in electric cars. All the major car makers will have electric cars. They have to to meet emissions requirements for 2025, which will be over 50 miles per gallon, by the way, folks. We have Tesla Motors that may still succeed despite problems. Where is there space for an Apple car? Kirk McElhern probably doesn't know, and Gene Steinberg doesn't either, but we'll speculate on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro 1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the question, Kirk McElhern, is all the other products Apple produces, now obviously they're small products, not a big thing like a car, all the other products fill a need. There's a need for Apple to go in there and provide an answer to questions raised by the previous products or inadequacies. With cars, what can they contribute? Well, you know, Apple knows the digital side. They know the user interface side. And again, as I said earlier, that's what they can contribute. The idea of them building an actual car just seems a little bit ludicrous. But it's also entirely possible that they never build anything. You know, Apple has plenty of 
R&D projects that they abandoned because they realized that the products aren't, uh, you know, aren't, aren't things that are going to sell or aren't things that they want to sell. Um, I, I mean, it's clear that from all the information, they've been hiring a lot of people from the car industry. Um, but, you know, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? All this speculation is just speculation. It's idle speculation. And it's, you know, it's nice reading the tea leaves of like hires and and, and transfers and stuff, but it doesn't get us very far. I want to see Apple make a vacuum cleaner, a tea kettle, a microwave oven. If they're going to go into, you know, different things, why don't they start going into the home? Why don't instead of HomeKit, they start making home devices that integrate into HomeKit? The answer would be, what do they contribute to saturated markets? I mean, what would the Apple washing machine have or the Apple refrigerator or the Apple toaster oven or the Apple toaster oven refrigerator, whatever it is? What do they contribute? What can they bring to a market? That's always been the case with Apple. When they come out with something, they're filling a need. I can't see the need in cars except for autonomous driving, which is obviously based on some of the early accidents we've seen. I don't even uh, with, know if autonomous driving is something that's going to be allowed. We're, we're not... I, that's I think, it. The problems we've seen already, the early teething pains, are demonstrate that there are a lot of complexities that have to be resolved, and maybe Apple could do it. They could possibly have future generations of CarPlay take over more and more functions of the car, not sure. just basically mirror your iPhone on your but, car's but display. Give you warnings, give you a heads-up display, give you information, track information, etc. Even if it's not handling the autonomous driving, it can still do more than what it's doing now. Um, but maybe a better question is, does Apple have to release products that innovate? I think it's not ludicrous to say that smartphones and tablets and computers have plateaued, that we've seen since the 1970s. It's been 40 years, and, and we've reached a certain maturity in the market and we've reached devices that do what people need, and, and we're only going to have small incremental changes for the foreseeable future. Apple's just been lucky in this 40-year period, which was a golden period for technology. I don't remember, someone wrote a book about this, um, uh, an economist recently, and I read a review of it where he was explaining that this was, I think he called it the second industrial revolution, and suggesting that it has peaked. Apple may not continue to go on and keep innovating with new ways of existing devices that are better than anything before. They may end up becoming a more standard company selling their version of devices. There's no reason why Apple is going to necessarily be better than other companies, other than they've got money, they've got, you know, they can attract talent and all that. But there may not be that much room for companies to innovate as much. That would be a big change, though of the way Apple works. I could see well, what services is one I, thing. I think services are the future more than hardware. You know, when IBM was was on, on top of the tables, um, no one could imagine IBM plummeting to where they did, and yet they did. I, I think, you know, the rise and fall of, of countries, civilizations, companies is not something that's uncommon. And there's nothing magical about Apple. They, they came at the right time with some really smart people um, and they've still got smart people, but, you know, look a generation ahead when we were younger, you know, in the seventies, IBM was, was the company and, and people could imagine that, you know, it would always be the most important computer company. And now d- does I, IBM doesn't even make computers anymore. Do they? 
They sold that off to Lenovo. I think they make mainframes, big computers. They're right, still they make bit- big computers, but they don't make um, personal computers anymore. So, you know, everything changes. Maybe Apple, maybe what Apple is probably thinking of, in fact, probably what Apple is thinking of, because they know what's going on, they can foresee these things, is is where can they make their mark in other areas? Um, and we did a show about this some months ago, and we were talking about home audio and TVs and all these sorts of things. And, and for now, I don't see Apple doing that, but why not in five or ten years? Maybe home audio devices can be smaller. Um, they can all be wireless, so we don't have to connect wires between all our devices, um, you know, the the speakers, the amplifier, the Blu-ray player, and all that. Uh, there there will be new technologies around that. Maybe that's a place that Apple can veer off to, while still selling the iPhone at a hundred bucks because it's going to be commodified and you'll be able to buy them in vending machines. But that something new will come along. Who knows? Exactly. I don't know. It depends on where Apple goes as a company. I just don't think. They want to be the builder of commodity products, which is why you don't have an Apple TV set. Well, that's now. But when they when they aren't selling as many iPhones in the future, or when in order to sell iPhones they've had to drop the price to a hundred bucks or two hundred or whatever it is, they may need profits from another area. Apple sneakers, why not? I mean, they've got a close relationship with Nike. Um, Apple ergonomic office chairs. I mean, I know these are all commodified. Objects. Uh, can, can you think of a single object right now, other than, say, a smartphone, a tablet, um, that is still at that growth curve where it's getting exponentially better every year and more popular? There is nothing in the world that's doing that. There is no consumer product that's doing that. It's like, at this point, we've got everything we need until there's a next revolution. Now, maybe... The smartwatch will be that at some point in the future. Maybe smartwatches will take off when they basically can replace, in some situations, mobile phones. That's entirely possible. And and if if current research into battery technology pans out, I, I remember reading some months ago some articles about batteries that are going to last 100 times longer, because that's the biggest problem with a, a watch Uh, One of the reasons it doesn't do too much is because they needed a full day of battery life. So the GPS and and the the cellular access aren't on the watch. Um, If battery technology gets better, then they'll be able to put everything on the watch, and the watch could do a lot more. But no matter what, it's it's limited to the size of the display. Um, uh, My Apple Watch – a couple months ago, I had a problem with my Apple Watch. My iPhone wasn't unlocking it automatically. So I called Apple Care and they said, well, you're going to have to reset it as a new device, not from a backup. And I did that and I realized that I wasn't using any of the apps that I'd put on it, any of the third-party apps. So I just um, did the watch face, put the complications where I want them. I didn't change the app display. I didn't copy any third-party apps. And it does what I need because it's just not a device that has a display big enough to do much more than tell me the time, show me my next appointment, show me the temperature, um, the date, and, you know, a couple things. So I can't see the watch becoming a, a key device in the same way that the, the smartphone is. Well, possibly not, but certainly it would have more features. And think of it this way. If we have battery technology where battery life is 10 times or 100 times more, Imagine having a notebook computer that you could simply charge and go on a two-week vacation 
into the woods somewhere with no access to charge station and be able to use it. Yeah, I mean, imagine, you know, charging a uh, a laptop once a month, right? Um, you know, Amazon's Kindle, the one without the backlight can go for a very long time. Of course, it's terrible to read without a backlight. Um, and, and that's an idea of a device. When, when you don't have to worry about charging your device every day, things change a lot. Um, and that would be a really great step forward in technology. But that's not something that Apple makes. That's something that Apple buys from other companies. Um, Apple is not the company that makes the technology that they sell to other companies in most cases. And they, they do have a lot of patents that they license, but they don't build um, components. Let's break here. One okay. more segment with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Owl Live. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Attention backpackers on a budget. Why spend 80 to $300 to pump clean survival water? Introducing the Viva Water Pump Kit from Viva Outdoor Products. Super easy to use and super lightweight at only 6.5 ounces, the Viva Water Pump Kit provides high flow rate at one ounce per stroke, can be one hand pumped, and is dependable and affordable at only $24.99. Filter not included. Get your Viva Water Pump Kit at viba-odp.com from Viva Outdoor Products. People who can afford a LASIK procedure sure are lucky. Imagine being able to throw away your contacts and glasses. Imagine waking up tomorrow with 20-20 vision. Too bad everyone can't afford LASIK. Well, guess what? There's a company that agrees with you. The LASIK Vision Institute is now offering dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK to make it affordable for everyone. 
That means you get the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology for a fraction of what others charge. And if you call right now, we'll schedule a free appointment so you can discover if LASIK is right for you. Results may vary. Call 1-800-725-2487. Even better, if you're one of the first 100 callers, ask about an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Let us help you. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you deserve at a fraction of what others charge. For your free appointment, call 1-800-725-2487. 1-800-725-2487. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So it's been an exciting time. Kirk McElhern gets uh, two pairs of tickets for the Harry Potter play in the UK. Using in 18 re- months? In 18 months from now. So if we're all still alive, we'll get a review of the play. And then we we're talking, of course, about the dearth of new Macs and what Apple is doing, what Apple might be doing for future product development, whether the Apple car is not going to be a car, but just technology like autonomous driving. Now, you're a young man. You're a young whippersnapper, as whippersnappers go, relatively. I look at relatively. the fact that I'm at an age where, in not too many years, and it's not necessarily true, although I think I'm pretty good at driving right now, where I may not be able to drive. But wouldn't it be nice if I could get a car that I could afford? That would take me. I wouldn't need the Johnny cab. You know, I get a car that would have autonomous capability, and if I'm screwing up, it could take over. Or just take over completely and I give up the driving license. I wouldn't like to do that. I wouldn't like to lose control. But for people who are getting older, I think it would be a boon to have that kind of feature. Not that it would necessarily replace everyone. It also is pretty good for truck drivers on long trips cross-country. It would be good for anyone taking a long trip on a fairly well-regulated, well-designed and highway in very good condition where... They could ease the process, reduce the number of accidents. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody would have to use autonomous driving, but there would be areas where I think there is a huge market for it. I would welcome it in a heartbeat. I can't drive at night because I have terrible night vision. And so my partner couldn't make it to the theater the other night, and I had to take a taxi. I mean, it was light enough when I would have left, but to come back, it was dark. It was ten o'clock after 10 o'clock. I would love that rather than, you know, take a taxi, be able to call up an autonomous car that picks me up because it would be cheaper than a taxi or even own an autonomous car that you get in when you need it. But I kind of think that part of the future of cars is just that, the sort of shared autonomous car or the kind of car that, you know, you call up like a taxi or an Uber or whatever. I think it's less likely that individuals buy them because we're getting to the point where the infrastructure exists 
in any city or any you know developed area that they can put up a parking lot with a bunch of cars. And if they're autonomous, they don't need people and they go out when you need them. And I think that would be a, a huge progress for humanity in general, you know, if there are fewer accidents, if it's less expensive, because these cars are going to drive more efficiently than you or I. On the other hand, the car makers may not like it because fewer people will be buying cars. Let's say half the people that don't drive a lot, don't buy cars. That's going to make a big dent uh, among the car manufacturers. I just saw an interesting story about Apple and future products. This is in Apple Insider. And the headline is Apple Energy, which is, by the way, a subsidiary of Apple, gets federal approval to sell power into wholesale markets. And they've got solar farms. They've got solar farms. And I think they have a couple of hydroelectric plants as well in different places. You know, I said earlier, I think services is, is where Apple is going. And, and services could be online services, but it could also be something like that. Basically, what's happened is I, I think it, it's the case in most countries. I know it is in, the, in at least most parts of the United States. If you have solar panels on your house and you generate more electricity than you need, you sell it back to the grid. And so you make a profit. Uh, I'm assuming that given Apple's size, they couldn't do this without some sort of approval. So they've got a big solar farm someplace powering their data center. And when they're generating more power than they need, they don't want to just waste it. So they want to be able to sell it back to the grid. As they create more data centers, and as other companies do this, um, it's going to be a very efficient way of getting renewable energy uh, into the system. Now, I don't think Apple's going to make a lot of money off of this, but it is the kind of thing, you know, Apple's always trying to have this image of being a green company and all that. It's the kind of thing that they could and something that they could promote in, in the sense that they'll make it a, a selling point for the Apple brand to say, you know, look, we're doing this. Imagine buying your power from Apple. Well, and, you wouldn't buy it from Apple. You know, obviously it goes back to the power company. Right. And the power company sells you power that partly comes from Apple. No, I understand that. But that could still and, be and if Apple, Apple continues Apple to build out all its data centers around the country and around the world there could be a fairly large amount of energy that they're selling. Depending on how much the data centers are used. I, I'm assuming they scale their solar farms to generate more energy than they need. So that way, when they have bursts of, of use, they don't run out and have to buy power. And, you know, that makes sense. But in that case, that means their solar farms are going to be generating more energy than they can use. And why not sell it? I mean, it makes total sense. Sure. But we never, you know, what it costs them to do this and how much money they could make. But look, anything they could do like that to add profit to what they do, to the services they sell, that's going to be interesting. It would be very interesting to see where Apple is five or 10 years from now. Will we recognize the company? You see, right now, beginning with the iPod, when Apple came out with the iPhone, you weren't that surprised because it was basically like taking a lot of the basics from the iPod and adding on all these other things, making it a portable computer. That made sense, just like the iPad and even the Apple Watch makes a lot of sense. The iPod was a break. It was a new device for Apple. But since then, it, it's all been extensions of devices that they've already made. You know, maybe Apple can go into, I'm just thinking, some company came out with an 8 terabyte hard drive. Pretty soon, we're going to get to the point where very large SSDs are relatively inexpensive. Maybe that's some place Apple can go. Although, see, they don't manufacture that stuff. This is a specialized manufacture process. They don't manufacture the SSDs in their computers. They come from companies like Samsung. 
Exactly. Apple's an aggregator. They take components made by other companies and they build final devices and use devices. It's really hard to imagine what they can do. Uh, again, services can go far beyond what we have now. You know, if you look at the kind of services, so I use Evernote, I use Dropbox, more and more apps are going to a subscription basis. And, and it's not necessarily the ideal way to sell software, but you can imagine that Apple is working on more advanced AI than Siri, and, and that these things will be very important in the future. And also look at Apple Pay, which while it's not the resounding success that Apple wants people to think, um, it is the first step towards something where Apple is getting a cut of everything that goes through their company. And you can imagine Apple maybe even just being a conduit for other services, um, the way that they're a conduit for apps right now, which link to services, but maybe Apple will start hosting services in their data centers. You know, the, the way Amazon, most people don't realize it, but Amazon makes an awful lot more money um, from their data hosting and storage services than they do from selling anything. Um, maybe Apple's slowly moving towards something like that because that is one of the big future um areas of computing where there's a lot of money to be made. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. You can find me at Kirkville, my website. It's www.mackelhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy, and I write about Macs and iPhones and all that. And you can check out my music podcast, The Next Track, about how people listen to music today. And that is at thenexttrack.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you again, Gene. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro 1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. 
Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We celebrate a return performance from Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. And we have a lot of subjects to talk about, and I think I'll revisit one that we dealt with with Kirk McElhern in the previous segment, and that is the dearth of new Macs. How's that? The dearth of new Macs. News at 11. (laughs) I don't think we do that much anymore because it's all 24-7 news on the cable networks. So we can't just say news at 11 anymore. But with Apple, there's been no news other than this updated MacBook earlier this year so the question people ask, what is Apple waiting for? I really don't know. The MacBook Pros now are three generations behind on their processors, which is just unbelievable to me. I don't know what they're waiting for. We've seen that their sales are down. Apple users are very aware of when to buy a new Mac. And if you go on, like, say, you know, the Mac Buyer's Guide right now, everything is a red warning. Don't buy. End of life you know, cycle. You see, that's the thing also that hurts sales. You see, people who don't pay much attention to that have the five- or six-year-old computer, and they said, you know, I might as well get a new one. And then they see, don't buy it. Don't do it. Something's going to come. And they sit. I don't know what percentage, though. 
I don't know what percentage either. I, I was in an Apple store recently and there were, you know, people in there buying Macs and, you know, I just kind of wanted to run around and shake them and go, don't do it. <laughs> it's not the right time to buy a Mac. I have a feeling that when we get to the iPhone event this year, I have a feeling there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. I think they ended up waiting for this holiday season. It got so late that, you know, let's just wait and we'll hit them with everything for the holiday season. That's great, but people that are deep into the Apple ecosystem only have so much money to spend at one time. So why release all of your products at once? Now, I suppose, in addition to the newest generation of Intel processors, Apple could be doing something more architectural with those models because just throwing in new processors doesn't cost much of anything in research and development. It's just checking for compatibility and everything. But doing something where the form factor is going to be updated, where you're switching from regular USB to USB-C and Thunderbolt 3 and things like that, that may take a little bit longer. Right. And we've also seen the leaked images of the MacBook Pro with the LCD screen replacing the function key row. And there's also been a reference to that in the code of the upcoming Mac OS update. So there's a good chance that's also causing a bit of the delay, but why would it also be delaying, you know, new iMacs and, you know, heaven forbid the Mac Pro? Right. Well, then the iMac always comes out in the fall. Right. And the last update, which was to the 5K Retina display, was the enhanced color gamut. And I consider that roughly equivalent in different ways to what they're doing with 4K TV sets now, where the mid to high range models have HDR color, and there's some different versions. There's a Dolby version. There's another version. And the key being here that most people with 4K sets probably can't see the 4K anyway because the screen isn't big enough or they're too close to the set, so they're giving a wider color gamut. So the big change to the iMac last fall was that, a wider color gamut, maybe some price reduction. So we never expect to see an iMac till the fall. But with the MacBook Pro, I agree with you. On the other hand, If Apple is doing a major architectural change, I had to make sure the latest generation Intel chips are shipping in quantity, but then also test these new features, and that could add a few months, by which time maybe they've figured, let's just have this stuff come out in October. If it requires Mac OS Sierra for things to work, that may also be a reason. That may be holding up things, too. We're not talking about that. And no one's asking Apple to speed up the operating system because even now, some people think they do it too often. Yeah, exactly. I know that people are getting very frustrated. You know, we all want to, I personally am holding off on getting a new computer. It's time for me to upgrade my iMac and I'm holding off right now. My MacBook Pro is also getting older. I would love to update, but I'm not going to update at this stage with these older processors. And I'm looking right now, the, the Retina MacBook Pro hasn't been updated since May 2015. Yes, that's a year, you know, a little more than a year at this point. But still, in technology terms, that's a lifetime. Oh, I know. But that isn't the bad thing here. Because the annual upgrades to MacBook Pros in the last few years have just been very minor. Slightly faster processor, maybe a bit more battery life or a faster SSD. But the Mac Pro, as you recall, it was demonstrated in the summer of 2013, almost the summer, WWDC. It shipped within days of the end of 2013. And I know there have been some updates to Intel Xeons since then. So what is Apple doing? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm looking on the the guide right now, and the average update span between Mac Pro updates was is 449 days. At this current stage, we're at 960 days since the last Mac Pro update. It was updated in December 2013, which is the version you were mentioning. And since then, they've just been completely radio silent on this thing. Exactly. It does make you, I guess, sort of concerned here. I don't think Apple is giving up on the Mac, which some people are suggesting. I think the rebranding of Mac OS and the new Sierra operating system indicates a decent investment. They're adding Siri, baking it into the system, which is probably not very easy. A lot of other things. So maybe this is the precursor to a lot of very big Mac updates for the end of the year. And rather than bring something out a little bit earlier that really depends on operating system upgrade to be fully formed, they're willing to give up a few sales. Because remember, Apple is not doing that much worse than the rest of the industry right now. Exactly right. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, they always point to, well, iPhone sales are lower or, you know, iPad sales are lower. They're still selling millions upon millions of units. This is not a company that's hurting for money. They can sit back and wait for a little bit. Yes, it frustrates us out here in the consumer side of things, but I'm hopeful that when they do announce these updates, we're going to go, okay, that was worth the wait. Well, the big question is here with a traditional PC notebook form factor. Just what can you do? How many different things can you add and how many of those things may not even be worth it? I'm not really nuts about force touch or 3D touch on the new iPhones. I don't think it's a big thing that I would stop and take a deep breath. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you make it slimmer and lighter, oh my God, it weighs half a pound less. Yeah, I know. I know. And I'm one of those people that I always go and put a big chunky case on my iPhone because I have giant hands. I don't want something that I can't even feel when I'm holding it. Well, I just use the Apple case. I have an iPhone 6. I didn't go for a 6S. There was no reason to. And I no longer have the budget for things like that. I will probably, if I can do it inexpensively, go to the so-called iPhone 7. But the question I would have here is, assuming Apple has some big Mac updates this fall, which would seem logical because of Mac OS Sierra, the Mac Pro, are they going to let it die because maybe they only sell numbers in the mid-five figures every year? Or... This is the flagship. They don't lose money from having it. It's nice to say built in Austin, Texas, that kind of thing. So what is Apple waiting for? Or maybe they found this form factor is not good. I don't think it's good. I don't like this form factor. You mean the fact that it looks like a trash can? (laughs) That's the least of it. I know. My problem is not that it looks like a trash can, is that it's a very small trash can. And you can't put anything inside. At least with the big, heavy Mac Pro of the past, you can stuff it with drives and expansion cards and extra memory and two processors, not just one. I think Apple went minimalist in the wrong direction because right now, if you want to add anything at all to it, you have a wiring nightmare. Add RAID drives, add this, add that. That creates, I think, a problem in terms of being neat. I don't care how good it looks. In my installation, it looks like a monstrosity. That's the problem. We've got more to talk about with Sean Ani of 
Techno Buffalo, why is Apple not giving us those Mac updates? More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, 
furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish. GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So, do you go along with me, uh, Sean? You don't have to. You can tell me I'm talking through my hat, which most people do. With regard to the Mac Pro, is that maybe they're rethinking it? Some middle ground between ultra minimalist, no internal expansion except for memory and the solid state driver, possibly the processor, and the opposite, which was the previous Mac Pro, somewhere in the middle. I think they are, I, I do agree with you because if you look at the history of the Mac Pro, it's traditionally been used by professionals. And these are people that are much more concerned with function over form. They want the computer to do what they need it to do. You know, you're talking about people that work in special effects. You're talking about designers. They don't care if it looks pretty. They just want it to do the job they need it to do. I think this form factor was the wrong direction to go. This was a very consumer-friendly, you know, your average consumer-friendly look. Somebody working in the back office at, say, Disney Studios does not care that it's a sleek-looking cylinder. I agree with you. I think Apple thought more of design than practicality there. And they could still do something nice with the design and give it more expansion room. You see, at one time... Dan Frakes, who used to be with Macworld and I, independently came up with kind of a mythical mid-range Mac mini tower. And at the time, we pictured something like the parts of a iMac without the display with additional expansion options. Apple, I think, could come up with a larger Mac Pro, or I don't know if they necessarily mean it has to be a new design, it could be a bigger trash can, I don't know, and allow for the extras inside and look into the user base and see where the middle ground is for something that you can just take with you or set it up on a desk and it is more attractive. As you say, people who are doing the movie special effects may not care. The other thing and another problem here is the DisplayPort technology because right now you want to hook up a 5K display to a Mac Pro was it require two plugs? I believe so, yes. Yes, it's, it's kind of awkward. So Apple may also be working on a 5K display to replace the original Thunderbolt display. Right, and I just, I don't know. The length of time they've gone is incredible to me. If we don't see it this fall, I am going to start to suspect that it's dead. I mean, 960 days, you know, September is going to be the iPhone event. Maybe this pushes into October. You're going to be at over a thousand days. Well, the other thing to consider too, Tim Cook could have easily reassured people like he did with the Mac Pro back in 2013 saying, we're working on something really cool. He made a statement, I think in the spring of 2013. Let's have a statement of reassurance saying we're doing some really great things in the Mac area and it's going to come out in just a few months. So stay tuned. 
don't despair. He could say this in two seconds, two sentences, and that's it. It's worse that he says nothing. I think that's always been a problem with Apple. They they guard their secrets so closely. And I've always felt that was a little silly with the Macs because it's not like there is a bunch of OEMs sitting out there ready to build their versions of the Macs. Everyone knows you want to run the Mac OS, you buy a computer from Apple. Yes, you can do a Hackintosh if you want. But generally, 99.9% of the people out there buy them from Apple. So why have the secrecy? Tell us this stuff is coming. Yes, it would might kill sales a little bit, but in general, if we don't know it's coming, we're going to sit around and we're going to worry, which is exactly what we're doing. Well, the other thing is if it's just a hint. We got big things coming to the Mac to go along with Mac OS Sierra, and they may still do that. Maybe they're waiting in the summer, nobody's paying attention, they'll pay attention in September. Maybe Apple is just considering the fact that nobody pays attention in July and August, wait till September, and then start the buildup. That's quite possible. And I, I really like what you were saying there. I mean, how hard would it have been for Tim Cook at WWDC to go, hey, we'll have some great new Macs to go along with the release of Sierra. That would have taken, like you said, two seconds, and we would have all gone, okay, everything's good. But instead, we're all sitting here going, Anytime, what's happening? We don't know. And I do, I do think the people that are speculating that they're going to phase out the Macs and replace them, you know, they're trying to drive us all towards iPads. I no, that's not happening. I maybe someday down the road, but it's way too soon to even remotely consider that. There's a new ad right now for the iPad Pro, mm-hmm. and some people say the way it's demonstrated is reminiscent of the Surface. Regardless. All right, they're making a push for that because obviously the iPad Pro drove income from the iPad to a higher level than in previous quarters. And the reason being the higher average sale price, not selling more units. So it's like it's bottomed out and maybe things will get better. So that there's an area. But as you say, there are a lot of people who look at the iPad Pro, and I had them in here. Apple sent me both sizes. I had them in here for weeks, and I tried out the keyboard, and I tried out the Apple Pencil. But I can't do my work on it. What we are doing now, I can't do on an iPad. Not at all. Of course, they could make it so I could do it. They could open up sandboxing to allow for an app to capture audio from multiple sources and save it. An easy way to grab your container of files and edit it. This could be done on iPad, and I could probably do this show just as well, but those features are not there. Exactly right. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. People are, we're very, very comfortable with the concept of computers as they are, be it a laptop or a desktop. We're very comfortable with this idea. I, I use an iPad Pro, I use the larger version. But I use it mainly for taking notes. You know, I I do love that idea. I'm somebody that used to carry around a notepad with me everywhere. I love the fact that now I have organized notes inside the iPad Pro. But when I need to sit down and I need to write an article or anything like that, no, I still go back to a traditional computer. You still need the pickup truck. Exactly. Which is interesting here because that's happening in the automotive industry too. You notice people are buying crossovers and vans and trucks 
and the plain old sedan, they're not selling so well. Compact sedans. I started out buying compact sedans when I first learned how to drive. They're not selling so well either. Yeah, you buy what you need for the job. I I live in rural Missouri. I live on a dirt road. I'm never going to look at a a compact car and go, that's what I need. No, I need four-wheel drive where I live. For the type of work that you and I do, we need four-wheel drive computers. We need to be able to do all these different things. And like you're saying, until Apple opens up the iPad more, lets us do more with it, that's just not even going to be a remote concern. And honestly, I don't think Apple's thinking along those lines yet. I don't think they're looking at this and going, well, we can do away with the Macs. Well, we have Mac OS Sierra. Why rebrand it if you're moving away from it? That shows that move itself demonstrates a commitment. That's an excellent, excellent point. Yeah, they brought it in line with all their other OS names. Why rebrand something that you're going to get rid of, say, in a year? That's not something you do. It's the same thing, I think, at this point, that as far as I'm concerned, at least, I expect to see new Macs. I use 27-inch iMac. And as a matter of fact, that particular form factor has replaced the Mac Pro for lots of people. I used to buy Mac Pros all the time. Yeah, no, the 27, I I, I use a 27-inch iMac as well, and it can handle absolutely everything I wanted to do. I, I run three monitors. You know, I attach two monitors to it. I've got lots of USB devices connected to it. It does everything I need. And with 16 gigs of RAM, I never run out of memory. I, I fly through the entire day with no problem. I'm never going to be able to sit here with an iPad and have multiple monitors connected to bring me all the information I need throughout the day. That's not going to happen. And nobody expects it. I I beat you. I have 32 gigs of RAM. Oh, well, okay. Sorry about that. You know, (laughs) I I have to one up my guests because otherwise it affects my ego. Not to the extent of a Donald Trump. Uh oh, I think we got political. We can't do that. We got a lot more to talk about. And I want to ask you also about the Chromebook in light of something that we've talked about a few times on our show, which is, of course, that Kirk McElhern, one of our regular guests who was your predecessor on this week's episode, went and bought himself a Chromebook when they had that special Amazon Prime Day. Got one real cheap. We'll talk about that. We've got more to come with Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's TechNightOwl.com slash host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 I'm Jesse Gonzalez, Vice President of Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States? Or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me in Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the marginalized fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at MarchForBabies.org. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo, we continue the final four segments. And we're not going to answer the question with regard to what Apple is going to do about new Macs. I expect we'll hear some good things by fall. I certainly hope so. Chromebook. Now, the story, as I said, Sean, is that Kirk McElhern, who writes for Macworld, I don't know if you know him or not, and also has a blog called Kirkville, he decided when he saw this Amazon Prime Day, hey, what the heck, I'll try a Chromebook. It was like, I don't know, 99 pounds. He lives in the U.K., Although he actually was born a few blocks away from where Donald Trump lived. Isn't that screwy? <laughs> In any case, he likes the Chromebook. It was surprisingly good and a lot better than he expected. Tell us about Chromebooks. Well, I'm with him. I own two Chromebooks, and I even have a Chrome box that's connected to the main television in my house. You know, And they're cheap. You know, yes, we, we've just been sitting here and talking about, you know, you want a four-wheel drive computer. Well, sometimes you do just need to run to the grocery store. And that's what the Chromebook fills in for you. You know, I'm able, if I get an emergency message from my boss saying, you know, oh, Sean, something's wrong with our servers, I can fire up a Chromebook in probably two, three seconds tops. I'm in, I'm in my email and I'm able to log into all the services I need to. And it's just fast and easy. It's cheap. It's light. You know, a, a lot of people have asked me, you know, if I'm such a believer in having all this horsepower in my computers, why I like Chromebooks. Well, sometimes I don't need that much horsepower, but I need the form factor of a computer over a tablet. You know, it, it's just, I love them. I, I think that, you know, if you're looking for a second computer, you know, or, you know, maybe a computer for the guest bedroom or something, buy a Chromebook. They're awesome. Now, with the Chromebook, 
I haven't used one, although I understand the methodology and everything. Obviously, operating my websites could be done just as well from a Chromebook because we use something called cPanel to manage our web server. I don't know if you're familiar with cPanel or not. Yep. Yeah. All right. Easy to access from any browser. It's a browser-based app. It's a Linux server. It's a no-brainer. I could access my server with an internet connection on a Chromebook. I could use WordPress for our blogs. Again, don't need Word, don't need an application, don't need Google Apps. I can write all that stuff online. So I could see taking something like that with me because all my email, I have web clients for all my email accounts. I could take that with me on the road and do a lot of work. I couldn't edit my radio shows on it because I don't have the resources there. But everything other than editing, I could probably record stuff on there too. You can. Content. There are obviously web sources where I could record, make basic sound recordings, even if I could not edit them. So there are lots of things I could do. I could use an online FTP client to upload files. Yeah, exactly. And there are certain models of Chromebooks. The, the two Chromebooks I have both have cellular connections in them. I got the T-Mobile SIMs that give you 200 megabytes free a month. You know, I pay absolutely nothing. Both of them have SIM cards in them. So, yeah, 200 megabytes of data isn't a lot. But if you're in a pinch and you're out in the middle of nowhere, I can log on quickly, get stuff done, and get out. And it doesn't cost me a cent. Now, if I was buying a Chromebook, other than doing what Kirk McElhern did, which was just to take advantage of something really cheap, what should I look forward to? Do they have models with retina-like displays? They do. Those do cost quite a bit. There's a uh, one from Google called the Pixel, which has a, an amazing display. And that one is expensive. It runs around $1,100. But if you're looking for just a basic Chromebook, you can find them for under $200 on any given day. What am I giving up with the basic Chromebook other than the retina-style display? What else am I giving up? Not a whole lot. A lot of times it'll have less local storage, but you really don't need the local storage. And any more four gigabytes of RAM is becoming the standard, you know, which is more than enough if really all you're doing is running a web browser. You know, I've never had an issue where, you know, the my computers are older, my Chromebooks are older, and they only have two gigabytes of RAM. I've never run into a problem where it goes, oh, I'm running out of RAM. Does this create the climate in personal computing for a greater emphasis on the so-called thin client. We have a basic terminal with basic capabilities, the screen, the memory, some local storage, but limited. But all that stuff is available online. All your work is online, just like in the old days, we had a network in the office that we connected to. You know, we're seeing a lot of movement in grade schools, especially where they're buying you know, a Chromebook for every student at the school. That used to be a market that was completely dominated by Apple. Education was Apple's bread and butter. And now these Chromebooks have come along and the schools are going, well, we can buy, you know, 10 Chromebooks for the cost of one good, you know, Mac laptop. That's going to go a lot further for the school. So, yeah, I do think we're starting to see somewhat of a movement. You know, I think people are getting much more comfortable with things being stored in the cloud and not having to be local. You know, you look at using things like Dropbox or 
Google Drive or those types of things, and we're getting more and more used to storing everything in the in the cloud. You know, it used to be if I lost a computer, if it went down, I was like, oh no, I've lost everything. Anymore, I'm like, oh well, it's all up in the cloud. I'll just reconnect the you know the cloud drives, and I'm fine. Now that's the thing too. The limit of that today is the performance of your internet connection. And you live out in the woods. I don't know what kind of connection you have there. So I, I get about 50 down and 10 up. You've got something pretty good there. Yeah. Here's the thing. But a lot of people live in areas where it's not pretty good. Correct. Yes. So maybe we need more ubiquity there. That, that's that been a, a big pet project of mine for years that... You know, this country, I, I know a lot of it has to do with how much we're spread out, you know, and we can't be like, say, a South Korea where one of our employees recently went there on work and his, as he put it, his lousy, quote unquote, uh, Internet in his hotel room. He was only getting 50 down and 50 up while the coffee shop down in the, on the first floor of his hotel was 80, 80. You know, that's a situation where you have a lot less physical space where you have to run the infrastructure. And that is a problem we do have here in the United States. We're spread out. Running the infrastructure for that sort of Internet speeds is going to be a lot more difficult. And it's something we definitely need to work on, though, because we're falling woefully behind other countries. And that's going to start to drive businesses looking elsewhere because they need those Internet speeds. Agreed. And you can't do it with satellite at all. Exactly. You get, you get that latency. I know that Kirk McElhern, when he first moved to a place near Stratford on Avon, his previous home, the DSL service that he had was so slow, he needed to have satellite internet. But it was a complete loser mm-hmm. in terms of what he wanted to do. It just didn't work. It was. Well, first of all, limited in terms of bandwidth, so we could use it up pretty quickly. Didn't always get the advertised performance except at night because it was overloaded. And then you have the latency problem where you have this, what, two-second delay or something every time you try to do something. It must be fun doing it on with Skype. Hello, how are you doing? One, two, <laughs> I am fine. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But you're right. I mean, for something like the Chromebooks to to really get out into the mainstream, we're going to need reliable internet everywhere. And, you know, we always hear, uh, you know, oh, we're working towards it. We're working towards it. Well, you've been saying that for years. You know, let, let's start getting going a little faster here and let's really get this infrastructure out there. Exactly. Well, hopefully it'll be there. And is that going to make it more possible for a Chromebook to succeed. Now, Apple is doing more and more with Mac OS Sierra to depend on iCloud, like sharing your documents folder, things like that, which will enhance the need to be online. We've got more to come with Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host 
Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Can your vitamin supplements positively affect your blood in five minutes? Protovite can. Protovite is a genuine breakthrough liquid daily nutrition that delivers quality ingredients into your blood in less than five minutes. Scientifically proven and backed by clinical studies, Protovite supports energy, vitality, and optimal health. Watch our two-minute live blood cell video and see for yourself at vniinc.com slash prohealth. That's vniinc.com slash prohealth. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we were talking about the Chromebook in the sense of a computer that lives mostly in the cloud. And as more and more people have decent internet access, are we going to see that where personal computers, Macs, PCs, have a greater emphasis on cloud services? I think so. I, I think we're going to move that way just because, I let's face it, cloud storage is dirt cheap. It's amazing to me how cheap it is. I, I think as we move further and further forward, you know, that's one less thing that the manufacturers have to put in the computer. They can put in a smaller hard drive, so they're going to save money there. And then just by sheer volume, it will be cheaper for them to give us the cloud drive storage. So, yeah, I do think we're going to be moving more and more towards that. You know, we might get to a point where even everything but the OS is up in the cloud. And even then, we might get to a stage where the OS is in the cloud. You never know. But... I think we are moving more and more in that direction. The prices of cloud storage are going to come down even more from the studies I've read. So, yeah, I, I think that's definitely where we're moving to. Of course, the big issue is the bandwidth cap from your ISP. Yes, which I do have one. Exactly. I have one, too, except the one I have is only for downloads, not for uploads. Mine's for both. And yeah, I've run up against it several times. And depending on the one you use, you may have to pay for an overage charge. They might allow it. They might throttle you. So suddenly your connection speed is a tenth of what you expected it to be, something like that. Yeah, I, that's something that I, I don't know what we're ever going to do about that. You know, it's something that I, you know, I hear about com- more and more companies doing away with bandwidth caps because they realize so much more is online. I think at some point every ISP is going to have to do away with bandwidth caps, but I have no idea when that's going to happen because they're still working. Someday, especially if more and more streaming is done, video streaming. And now we have services with 4K video, yeah, like Amazon Instant Video and Netflix, not that much. But if you're streaming 4K, you've got to have a pretty fast connection. And to save money, I got a service with CenturyLink where it's 40 down and 20 up. Now, that's fine for all the things I'm doing, but I have a feeling if I wanted 4K video, maybe not so fine. Right, exactly. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, I, I think that we're going to have to get to a point where you know they're going to have to realize that all of these these services, you know, especially the 4K video, they're going to have to let us take advantage of that. But I don't know how they're going to do that because it is going to be such an increased demand on their resources. You know, are they just going to charge us that much more? Are they going to try to get more money out of Netflix? They're going to have to do something. Well, we're going to have to see where that works because it's going to be interesting how that's solved, especially as we depend more and more. But on the other hand, with something like a Chromebook, I'm not dealing with lots and lots of file transfers and such. Maybe I'm using Google Docs to do some word processing or checking out my sites. It's going to be light-duty work mostly. Now, one just point in the educational market, where it's excelling is the American educational market. Correct me if I'm wrong. And the second thing about Chromebooks is that 
it had its greatest success out of season, if you follow me. Right. Where school systems don't do most of their ordering. But the other reason you see a Chromebook doing well is because school systems are busy cutting back. Yes, exactly. Schools are always trying to cut back. I don't know what's going to happen with all these Chromebook programs that they have been doing in the past couple of years. You know, it's possible that they'll cut back. I I have to admit, I always thought it was rather ambitious that they were trying to give, you know, especially like the Los Angeles County schools, they were trying to give every student a Chromebook. Even at the reduced price of a Chromebook, that's still a large, large purchase. And, you know, we'll have to see where it goes from here. You know, it, I haven't seen any sort of reports lately on how successful they felt it was, if it really did increase. Did it increase the test scores? Did it make the students better students? I don't know yet. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Do they continue these programs or not? Yeah, even if they can't afford a Chromebook, what can they afford? Exactly, yeah. You see, we have some states here, if you're in Europe or elsewhere, you don't see this, where some states, they decided instead of spending money on school systems, they simply cut taxes for rich people. It's not that the rich people are putting money into school systems, but that's what goes on. In fact, I think a state next to the one you live in, Sean, has that problem now, where they've cut taxes so much they can't afford to pay for anything. So either local taxes for local municipalities has to be raised. Anyway, that's where it is. On the long haul, though, the Chromebook has been successful in this pocket of the education market. What about the rest of the industry? Are lots more people using Chromebooks? You know, I don't have any solid numbers on that. I do know that, you know, it, they've been some of the most successful selling devices in Amazon's electronics section, which seems to indicate to me that, yes, a lot of people are buying them. There's also now some Chromebook models that will allow you to also run Android apps, which extends the usability of the devices even more. So it's interesting, you know, these could turn into far more powerful computers. They could become a lot more usable to every user out there. As for how the sales are doing right now, you know, we don't see any sort of numbers in the reports, you know, when we see PC sales, which would seem to indicate that they're not even a blip on the radar, or perhaps they're just not being counted the same way. Well, it may not be at this point, because people who will buy a Chromebook other than educational systems I think would tend to be more power users, people who look at different types of technology. Because somebody who just buys a PC and suddenly I can't run Windows, I can't run Word, oh my God, I'll have to return this Chromebook. I think the average consumer doesn't see that distinction. The power user looking for something will, and an educational system looking to save lots and lots of money will. Yeah, I agree. So much for Chromebooks. I did write to Google, by the way, asking for a review sample of one of the more powerful ones. So let's see what they tell us. Moving on, let's talk about security. Now, last week we had Dr. Timothy Summers, an ethical hacker. We talked about the break into the DNC. But that's obviously something that's in the abstract. You don't see that. Whoever did it, whether it was Russians or individual hackers or whatever, it doesn't happen to you. Obviously, we've had problems with banks suffering from break-ins. We've had problems with stores like a couple of years ago. It was Target. Remember that one? Oh, yes. 
Sure. I may have been bitten by that one because one of my bank accounts was hacked. And I wonder if it wasn't Target, but it happened months later. And I want to ask you about that because we should talk about things you should do if you're hacked. But first, we've got to tell you, we've got Tech Night Out Plus with the commercial-free version of this show. Learn more at plus.technightout.com. Sean Ani, joining us for a couple <laughs> of segments. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attention backpackers on a budget. Why spend 80 to $300 to pump clean survival water? Introducing the Viva Water Pump Kit from Viva Outdoor Products. Super easy to use and super lightweight at only 6.5 ounces, the Viva Water Pump Kit provides high flow rate at one ounce per stroke, can be one hand pumped, and is dependable and affordable at only $24.99. Filter not included. Get your Viva Water Pump Kit at viba-odp.com from Viva Outdoor Products. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision and independence to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. It's the leading cause of blindness in adults 55 and older. Some of us are at greater risk for AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD. If left untreated, it can lead to blindness. The good news? With early detection, AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that can reduce or even reverse some vision loss. Learning that you have AMD can be scary, but there's hope and help. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is researching and developing treatments and cures for AMD. To get your free AMD information packet, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. Join the fight against AMD, because together there is a cure in sight. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury Help Desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries. Aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one used the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. 
dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo is here, and we've got more to talk about. We'll talk about security. So in this particular case where I was hacked, they had all my information, but it didn't happen like a month after the target break-in. It happened months later. Is that how it always manifests itself? You have the hack, the information is acquired, but doesn't result in anything till months later. Well, not necessarily. It depends on if the person that actually did the hack is the one that's going to continue on to hacking all the information they got. And what we do see happen a lot, though, is that these hackers go in, they do one big hack, they get a lot of information, and then they go on the dark web and they sell off that information to other hackers because they don't want to mess with, you know, dealing with your credit card account. They want to go in and they want to get a thousand credit card accounts. And so what you'll see happen is that these lists will get sold on the dark web and, you know, depending on how long it takes for the list to sell, you know, it could be two days later, it could be months later. You never know. And I would suspect that's what happened in your case. So it's months later. In fact, probably eight or 10 months. Right. And at that case, you would have to start to wonder if it was the target situation or if it was another hit, because that is a, a exceedingly long time. Well, in this case, they knew everything about that account. Right. Then I, then I would say it was probably the target hack. Now, one of the remedies they've made for making credit cards more secure in the U.S. was to use chip cards. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife has a chip card with her bank. I have a bank account that offers chip cards. I just haven't upgraded my debit card. The one thing I noticed, though, is that at least in this country, it's more awkward to use. Have you noticed the same thing? It is more awkward to use. The The first time I really ran into chip cards, I went to the UK a few years ago on vacation, and they were put out by the idea that I only had swipe cards. And I couldn't figure out why we didn't have chip cards here. Over there, they are so trained and so ready to use you know chip cards that they're it's everywhere. Everyone knows how to use it, and it does go very quickly. Over here, it does seem to be a very slow adoption process. You know, I've run into... You know, some terminals that will have the slot, but the slot's not activated yet. 
you know, and you don't learn that until after you've popped your card into the slot. It, it goes back and forth. And I'm, you know, I know we're working towards where everybody's supposed to be taking the chip cards, but it does seem to be taking quite a while. So the problem here that I saw, first, of course, you have to leave the card in there until the transaction is done. Mm-hmm. And in my wife's bank, it says, insert the card and remove it. She has a chip card. You're supposed to leave it in there. As soon as you remove it, it says, error, error, buzz, buzz, or something like that. So right. it's giving you the wrong information. It should say, insert the card or remove it. If you have a chip card, leave it in. Yeah, I would agree. And that is the problem, that you are getting different stories out there. I, I'm surprised that being the technologically advanced country we are, that we're having such a hard time with this concept. I'm not sure why it took us so long to start adopting it and why it's taking us so long to educate everyone on how you do it. I think the problem here is that with the chip card, they tacked on the technology onto the existing ATM software and the point of sale software. It's not something that's been built from the ground up. I see the performance more sluggish. So with regard to my bank, I do an ATM transaction for her. It seems like every step takes twice as long to process. Right. And that's the problem. With Walmart, for example, it also seems slower, but Walmart recently upgraded their point of sale systems because they also have Walmart Pay. So that may make it more efficient. So I think that's it right there. If you also upset the customer, everything takes longer. Suddenly, well, I can't grab the card until it's finished processing. All this stuff, I think hurts the adoption rate i think everybody should use chip cards i totally agree everyone should be on chip cards you know and when you're talking about like say walmart pay i think that's another problem we have i love the concept of apple pay in that i never transfer my credit card number to the merchant but at the same time people are getting confused because there's samsung pay there's apple pay there's walmart pay we've got so many different you know whatever pays now that nobody knows which one to use. We're never going to see universal adoption of that. And that is even safer than the chip cards. But how are we going to whittle it down to one or two options where everybody knows what to use? You would think, okay, Walmart, biggest retailer in the country. I can use my Apple Pay. No, no, I have to set up with their separate Walmart Pay. It's very confusing. Now, Walmart Pay is a separate app. The Walmart app, an updated version, it uses QR codes. Mm Mm-hmm. As a scan. Obviously, Apple Pay and other payment systems like Samsung Pay will use NFC. Suddenly, you have two different versions. Yep. That's one thing. On the other hand, as you have MasterCard, Visa, Discover, American Express, whatever, I think stores should just use lots of systems. Of course, Walmart wants you to use Walmart Pay. But I don't think it's any great loss to say, all right, we don't care what system you use. Just buy something from us. Why should we care? That's where it creates a problem. Sure, the point of sale systems and the processing systems would have to be updated to handle all kinds of payment systems. But I think any that don't do that, they're shortchanging the customer. I agree. Okay, so you're hacked. I was hacked. I just called the bank and we went over it and we're fine. I, I was hacked recently. Luckily, mine was a lot less damaging 
uh, somebody found a way into my Netflix account and they were in the UK and they were having a party from July 13th until yesterday when I finally figured out they were in there. They uh, were watching an astounding amount of Netflix. Uh, I was able to see the complete list of everything they had watched. I'm not sure when they slept, but you know, luckily that was a situation where you know they couldn't access my credit card. They couldn't get to really any personal information other than my email address, and then they didn't have the password to my email, which, of course, as they always say, do not use the same password for more than one service. So, yes, they had my Netflix password, but that was the only place where I used that password. So no possible damage there. But that just shows you, you know, yes, somebody went after your bank account. That's a big thing to get into. It gives them access to lots of things. But hackers are out there. They're looking for any hole. They want to get in anywhere. I mean, seriously, a Netflix account costs $9.99 a month. But it was worth it to somebody to get into my Netflix account. You know, so you never know where they're going to come from. That makes it only worse. Yeah. I don't know if anyone ever got through my Netflix account, so it doesn't bother me at all. But I could see that. Now, are there, obviously with something like a Netflix account, you're paying the same monthly charge. Someone hacks it, you don't lose anything. Right, yes. Just more people are using your account to watch their movies. Right. And the only reason we figured it out was because we I, I share my Netflix account with my parents and we're on the two screen plan. I happened to be watching something. They went to watch something and they went, who's watching? They called me and asked me who was watching BoJack Horseman. I was like, I have no clue. And what is the name of that show? BoJack Horseman. What the heck is that? (laughs) It's a Netflix original animated series. And so they... They called me and asked me who, you know, are you watching? I was watching a show called Happy Valley and they were, you know, this other person, which Netflix, I'll give them credit. I called them up. They were able to figure out it was somebody in the UK using a Sony smart television. And I had a feeling if they wanted to really press it, they could even locate the person. And maybe they did, but they won't tell you that. Exactly. But they... They uh, shut down that uh, usage immediately, disconnected that television from my account, and then they sent out a signal that went all over the world, as they explained it to me, hit every device in the world that's connected to Netflix, telling them that Sean's account should be disconnected from this device. So this this morning I had to get up and log all my Netflix devices back in, but at some point during the night, a wave went across the planet telling even your devices in your home, hey, if Sean Ani's connected to this device, disconnect them. Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo joins us for another segment of the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10 the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So his Netflix account was hacked. You see, the hacking I've seen other than this particular bank account episode is often someone using my 
debit card. Mm-hmm. I ran into that with actually PayPal. I had a situation where the PayPal debit card was used to buy flowers in some strange city. Not just one purchase, but about eight over a period of a couple of hours. I had someone get my American Express card once and buy $800 worth of Starbucks gift cards. Well, that's dumb. (laughs) I mean, with an American Express card, go to town. But isn't that the way it is, though? They often will get many credit card numbers, and they'll buy just a little bit of stuff from each or test the waters with a small purchase, seeing what they can get away with rather than just going all the way. Yeah, exactly. It's always a gut punch because you're like, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? You know, what hole did I leave? And it's not always your fault. It's a situation that these are people that that is all they sit around and do is try to figure out ways around the system. I have worked in the tech industry for a long time. I can tell you without any hesitation that I have never used anything like password as my password. You know, I use fairly complex passwords. Now, Netflix, I will say I use a simpler password because my 70-year-old father needed to log into the Netflix account and I wasn't going to give him a big, long string of a password. And yes, it was a simpler password, but it was still somewhat complex. No matter what you do, these people, that's all they do. They sit around, they come up with the software that can crack this stuff. It's not necessarily something you did. And I, that's something I've always seen people do. They always start immediately blaming themselves. Don't. It's not always your fault. Now, if you're using password as your password, then yes, it is your fault. In general, no, it's not your fault. And remember, however complex a password you use, it's always possible for someone to stumble on it. Yep. Because it's still letters and numbers and symbols. Even by accident. Yep. They may look for a certain particular password and try it out on lots of different setups. Oh, we found a couple. Yeah, exactly. Is that what they do? Just test passwords or what? Yeah. A lot of systems now have brute force protection. My personal blog, not the company blog, but my personal blog, every single day I check my attack logs and every single day there are people trying to find ways into my blog. And I'm like, why? I have like 300 readers on my personal blog a day. What good would this do do you? But they're out there and what they've done is they've set up bots and they're looking for WordPress sites. It doesn't matter what the WordPress site is. They want WordPress sites because then they can inject code into that site and turn it into a bot and then use your site and your site's resources to send out spam emails and to help it crack even more complex passwords because they'll use your server's computing power. There's all sorts of things these people want. And so while it may look you know, not that horrible on the surface, there's usually a bigger reason they're looking to get into your system. So any other advice if you're hacked? If you're hacked, the first thing you do is call whatever company is associated with what got hacked. You know, in my case, it was Netflix. I was on the phone with them within minutes. Again, it's a situation where, no, they didn't get that much information out of my Netflix account, but it's the implications of where else that could lead them. So I was on the phone with Netflix immediately, getting everything shut down as fast as I could. I had my password changed immediately. You know, if it's your bank, 
get on the phone with your bank in seconds. I mean, I don't care what you're doing. If you're driving, pull over, call them immediately. There's a lot of things now where you can set up, especially with credit cards, that you get alerts sent to you if they see any sort of suspicious activity. Make sure that you're you know, subscribed to those services. They're free. They'll send you a text if they detect any sort of suspicious activity. Make sure that you're getting those texts. They can also send you emails. However you want to be communicated with, just make sure that you've set up those communications. Now, there are a lot of services out there that will give you something free, like a credit report, but then you have to give them a credit card number. And if you don't cancel the service with one or two week duration, mm-hmm. suddenly you're paying 20 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month for some credit card service. And a lot of them are run by the credit bureaus. Each one has three or four different services to take your money. Yeah, it's amazing. There, there are some services out there that are, you know, especially with credit reports, which is something you know most people are interested in. There's at least one that I know of out there called Credit Karma that is completely free. I've been using it for years. I've never once given them a credit card number. Now, and Credit one- Karma, I should tell you about them. I assume they're advertising different loan or credit card options. Yes. And that's probably how they make their money. Exactly, yes. So they're basically selling you a credit card depending on what you can do. And that's okay because you're getting accurate information. I think it's right now it is Equifax and TransUnion. For some reason, Experian, which is one of the worst credit bureaus to deal with, doesn't support them. But I agree with you. That's good. The other thing is you don't get daily updates on your credit score. It's like once a week or something like that. It's once a week. If you need a daily update, I I really I don't know why you would need a daily update. Once a week, I found to be perfectly fine. Something I do every month, you know, before I I pay my credit card bills, I sit down and I do look over every transaction. One of my credit cards sends me a daily text in the late afternoon about what my current balance is. That at least tells me. I don't know why my credit balance jumped $200 today. I need to go in and look at that. So there's lots of little safeguards that you can set up for yourself that don't cost you anything. And yes, you have to be a bit more proactive, which is just another thing these criminals are stealing from you is your time, which is the most valuable thing in the world. You know, as long as you're diligent, you're usually going to catch it before any situation gets too wildly out of control. Now, the big benefit here with banks is they will send you email or text notices when certain transactions exceed a certain level, or for every transaction. One of my banks, every time there's a transaction, a deposit, a withdrawal, some kind of debit card transaction, I get a notice. Yeah, one of my cards does that. Every transaction, you know, I get a, a text message telling me how, how much it was for and where it was at. With PayPal, anytime any transaction occurs, you can get an immediate email like, In seconds, it's going to be there. And then you know if it's something that doesn't seem to be kosher, and you can go and call them up and deal with it like with any bank. So after you do that, you don't necessarily need the credit monitoring service as much unless someone's opening loans in your name or opening credit cards in your name. Exactly, yes. And I worry also about having to pay money for some of these services. Same here. Sean Ani, can you tell our listeners where they can find more of all the stuff that you do? 
You can head on over to technobuffalo.com and we write about all the latest in technology from rumors of new phones to reviewing them, talking about computers, just the tech industry in general, as well as some other fun things that we like to cover. Techno Buffalo has been around for seven years. We're also on YouTube. You can find us at Techno Buffalo, where we post all sorts of technology-related videos. And you make yourself a TV star that way. Yes, exactly. I am the person who looks great on radio. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> okay, you can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. And you can actually find a Gene Steinberg on Facebook. How do you do that? Well, if he's the guy who has the plaid shirt, the red plaid shirt, he's me, for better or worse. We have a second radio show called The Paracast at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And this week, we have a listener roundtable where two of our most active forum posters for the Paracast by the screen names of Sue and Ufology join us. And we also talk with a guy named Micah Hanks, who's a lot of fun. That's at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And we have another way for you to hear this radio show. It's through the Tech Night Out Plus. What's Tech Night Out Plus? What we offer you? a commercial-free version of this show. You don't have to scan through the commercials. Of course, we'd like you to listen to them, but if you decide, no, I don't want to hear ads anymore, that's fine. We offer the special version with better quality audio for a low subscription rate. Monthly, annual, five-year, lifetime. I'll be around for quite a few years, yet the show has been on the air for 14 years so far. Time flies when you're having fun. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. Sean Ani, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.